hitting life's issues with heaven's perspective. Hi, I'm Amanda Hall and I want to encourage you with this podcast. I'm going to just start dropping one new podcast a week. It might be um, from a service that we have at our church, Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois, or something I just sit down. It might be joined um, by a guest, but I'm changing it up from when I started this podcast in May and I'm glad you're joining me. I don't want you to drown in the circumstances around your life. I don't want you to drown in the difficulties that are happening in this world and the darkness that seems to be growing uh, darker and invading so many areas in life. I'm telling you, God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways, but we can connect with heaven's perspective for every issue that we have in life. Enjoy this podcast. Well, Father, we thank you so much for your word. We magnify you and we glorify you. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you that you're here with us tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your presence is strong here tonight. And I thank you that as your word goes forth, Lord, that faith will rise on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Even as people came Uh, When you walk this earth, Jesus, to hear and be healed, I thank you that as your word goes forth here tonight, anything that's out of alignment in our bodies shall be healed. Hallelujah. 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 According to your word in Jesus' name, I thank you that your word is alive. It's quickening. It's powerful. It's operative. It's energizing. It's effective. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us and quickens these mortal bodies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for divine health, complete wholeness and healing in any area of our bodies that are not functioning uh, properly. We give you glory for that. And as we dive into your word, continuing, Lord, to study to cultivate uh, your word in our hearts and uh, to study and show ourselves approved um, by you. I thank you, Lord, that uh, at the entrance of your word comes light. Grant to us, Father, a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight, flooding the eyes of our hearts with understanding. Hallelujah. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's talk tonight. So this, like we were saying, it's part four to know and flow with the Holy Spirit. So tonight I really want to talk about the fact that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to be a sign, right? And so if, if we can first go to Acts chapter one and verse eight, very well known verse. We use it all the time and we use it a lot as we've been studying on um, the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 of Acts 1, out of the New Living Translation, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so to be effective witnesses, there has to be a sign of power that that goes with us, right? Um, Otherwise, there's no difference. It's hard 
to convince people that Jesus is the only way if there's not a demonstration of the power that comes with it, right? Otherwise, he's just another, quote, religion to people that, that would hear. And so when we look in the, at, at how Jesus functioned when he walked the earth, what he said, which was the first thing we started out with as we began to look in this to know and flow with the Holy Spirit is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and what he would do when he came um, to the earth. And then when we look at the example of the New Testament church in the book of Acts and the church that's alive today, the church that's really on fire and living how God would want um, and being who they're called to be, there's always a demonstration of power. You know, we, we come to church here, you know, I mean, just think about this past Sunday morning, how the spirit flooded the place with the joy of the Lord. You know what I mean? Like 20 minutes of joy. I don't even know how long it was. It was a while, but we were just, you know, overwhelmed as the spirit flooded the place, you know, um, with joy. There's always a demonstration, you know, that somehow, some way, it may not be um, as dramatic. Some signs aren't as dramatic as others, you know, but the reality is the gifts of the spirit are meant to be a sign, a proof, if you will, that the word that we speak concerning Jesus is real, right? That's what it says all the time about Jesus. They came to hear and be healed. They didn't just come to hear, they came to be healed too, right? Like there was always power attached um, to his words. There was always a demonstration, which is what he says. In Acts 1, he says, you shall, in verse 8, you, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then if we go over to Mark chapter 16, basically we see that the Great Commission is basically Jesus telling them, now look, all authority and heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go and do what I did. <laughs> Preach, teach, and demonstrate this power, right? That's basically what he says. If you look at Mark 16, um, and starting in verse uh, 17... Well, I mean, we could start in verse 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, which is what Jesus did while he was here. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So that's what we're talking about tonight. The gifts of the Spirit are signs. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, they will speak in new languages or new tongues, other tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed, right? So if you start at the beginning of the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the good news. So in preaching, you get prophecy. You could even get words of knowledge, words of wisdom, Obviously, he goes about, talks about how they'll speak in other tongues, 
We got the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. If you drink anything deadly or they, they try to give you anything deadly, it won't even harm you. It takes a gift of faith that to believe if someone tries to poison you, whether covertly or overtly, it isn't going to harm you, right? It takes a gift of faith. Again, <clears throat> the gifts of healing. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You sh- in my name, you shall cast out demons. I mean, it's a miraculous work of God. So you see um, the gifts... Of, of the Spirit operating through those that really, you know, um, believe this message, you know, that Jesus preached. And basically, the Great Commission is, go do what I did. While I was here, you saw what I did. You do the same thing. And so then let's go to our foundation passage that we've been reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. We'll read it out of the King James Version. And, you know, thinking about, and these miraculous signs shall follow them that believe. And so the gifts of the Spirit are miraculous signs. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. And so when we look at these, we see how they are the supernatural. Now, let's look one last passage here while we get started. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Just some foundational scriptures for tonight. And then we'll really dive in here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic. Verse 3 in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk and live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. In as, excuse me, inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. And so when we look at the passage in 1 Corinthians 12 where it says, now concerning spiritual gifts. 
the word that is translated spiritual gifts is the word charisma. We use that in our language, in the English language, but not necessarily in the same way that it was used here in the Greek word and what it means. We usually use the word charisma about somebody that has has a a great charismatic personality. You know what I mean? Just kind of, they'll captivate you with their ability to uh, draw your attention or whatever. But charisma is literally means spiritual. So, but it means spiritual gift. It's not natural. It's not carnal. And it's not soulish. It does, these gifts don't operate out of your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Um, they're spiritual. And this is an important thing because this is one of, I've really, really been enjoying studying all this because it's been a while since I spent some time studying again the gifts of the Spirit, you know. Um, ever since I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I began to operate in the spiritual gifts because almost immediately the Lord took me to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I saw at the end of 12 and the beginning of 14 that he in the Amplified Classic, that we should desire them and want to cultivate those gifts. And so I just said, well, this is what your word says, so I want to do that. I don't know what this means exactly, Lord, do you know what I mean? Because I was ignorant in a lot of spiritual things, and obviously I was just freshly baptized in the Holy Ghost and hadn't been around it much, didn't have any, at that point in time, teaching in it. So as I began to pursue God, then he began to use me, but it'll take a little while. You know what I mean? In the sense that you're not quite sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've said before how when the Lord first started to, to use me, he started to use me in giving words. You might call them prophetic words, I guess. Words, um, I guess that's what you call them. And, um, you know, at first... I would get this like like a major butterflies in my stomach. You know what I mean? And that and I began to recognize that every time something would begin to bubble up on the inside of me, it was like butterflies in my stomach. So that's what compelled me to step out and begin to speak what what God was saying. And then over time as I was cultivating that gift, right? Practicing it and using it as the spirit led me to do it. It wasn't something I could just think up in my own soul. It didn't come from my own mind or my own will or my emotions. It's spiritual. It's not mental. It's not natural. It's not carnal. It's not soulish. It's spiritual. It really means an extraordinary ability. Or I say extraordinary because that's how I pronounce it. But you can also pronounce it extraordinary. So out of the ordinary ability that is bestowed, given a gift, a bestowed upon a human being by the infinite strength and power of the third person of the Trinity, obviously we know as the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural endowments that God places within our lives. I think that's one of the words in 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah, in the Amplified Classic, it says now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy is how the Amplified Classic um, interprets that. Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural 
energy, brethren. I do not want you to be misinformed. So that's what it is. They're special um, endowments of supernatural energy. They're not natural. They're not carnal. They're not soulish. They're not mental, but they're supernatural. And so really for us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be in this world, we must have and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That's just the reality of it. Why? Again, because they're a sign. In Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive power from on high to be witnesses. It's no wonder the majority of Christians in the United States of America are not witnesses for Jesus Christ. You know, they don't, they don't, many of them aren't baptized in the Holy Ghost. They have no desire. They don't have the heart of God to invite people to church. To, they, don't, they don't understand what God's heart is. God's heart is people, right? And so these gifts empower us to do exactly what he said it would do. It gives us power to be witnesses. And so they're different, as we read here. There um, are different diversities of gifts, of course, but there's also differences in administrations and differences in operations um, of those gifts. And so let's think of it this way. You know, like even as a pastor over the years, you know, like I said, before I ever even um, stepped into like full-time ministry or anything, I began to step into this, the walking in the gifts. I started in one place, giving words of prophecy or whatever. And then God began to expound and the Holy Spirit began to use me in other gifts, you know. Um, also, why? Because when you're faithful with a little, then God can give you much, right? And he'll, he'll always increase those um, that are faithful. But then even once I stepped into pastoring, the way that I pastor isn't necessarily going to be the way somebody else pastors. Why? Because I'm me. I have different gifts and abilities and anointing operates through me in a special way different than another pastor that has different kinds of gifts and different um, talents than I have, and the anointing is going to operate through them. So not only is there diversity uh, of the actual gifts, but there's a diversity in the administration and how they um, are operating. And I'm not just talking about pastoring. I'm talking about because pastoring is technically a gift, um, one, one of the fivefold ministry gifts that Christ gave um, the church. But you know what I'm saying? It's the same way. Um, People give a prophetic word. Everybody don't do it the same way. You oftentimes do it the way you heard it, how you started learning it. I don't do it that way because when I started seeing people do it, when I stepped into those more charismatic full gospel circles in Christianity, it was the, thus saith the Lord. I don't say that. I don't, because that's not me. <laughs> you know, that's not how I operate. So, and even, and even more so, so back then when I wasn't in ministry, like full-time ministry or anything, I was just a, a normal sheep of the congregation, um, someone in the house of the Lord serving, you know, when I would give a word in, in service, which I was able to do, you know, by permission, our pastors, we had, I had a free reign because they, they trusted this, the working of the spirit in my life. You know, it would be in the midst, usually a praise and worship service or prayer or, or, or whatever. It was never to interrupt the pastor or, or anything like that. Um, but now because I am pastoring and so obviously in our church, most of the time I'm the one preaching or if I'm going other places and ministering the word of God, um, you know, 
many times away, a prophetic word comes forth through me um, when I, as the preacher, it comes forth as I'm preaching. So it's not specifically, you know what I mean? And you, you, you couldn't take it necessarily and separate it from, from, um, from everything else. So, um, the way that the gifts operate are going to be quite different and they're going to operate through people really, like I said, even though the way I first watched people give prophetic words, um, and that kind of stuff, I don't do it that way. I'm not a thus saith the Lord kind that I don't talk like that. <laughs> so I just don't, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong for people to do that, but that doesn't, that's not me. Right. And so, um, the, and many times people don't even know they're getting a word <laughs> from me until later on. They're like, Oh, wait a minute. That was actually from God. You know what I mean? Because they just, cause I'm carrying on a conversation with them and they're not really paying attention. Oh, that's just Amanda talking. No, it ain't just Amanda talking. You're missing it. <laughs> you know, because we don't always, we don't always regard the anointing in somebody's life. And therefore we miss what it is God's trying um, to say. It's the same when, when you watch people um, that, you know, operate powerfully in a working of miracles or gifts of healing. They don't all do it the same way. You know what I mean? The way they do it's different. And so... That's okay. It doesn't mean one way is right and one way is wrong. Um, God's a pretty vast God. <laughs> You're right. The, the Holy Spirit's pretty multifaceted uh, individual. And so, so really for us to be the kind of people that God wants us to be in this world, we must have and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We need to not only know about them, we need to understand them, and we need to be able to use them wisely as the Lord um, wills. Um, you know, I think it's really important, you know, uh, in, in corporate prayer for the gifts of the spirit to be in operation by people who, you know, that love the Lord, know the word and, and allow that's, you know, kind of what, you know, some of what I want to talk about tonight is one thing to know about them, but you need to be able to use them wisely, you know, and it's hard for them to be used wisely by you when you don't know the word. That's one of the things when we look at first Corinthians 12, Paul had to sit the Corinthian church down basically and say, look, you guys have a multitude. I need you to understand what's going on here. Okay. These are not different gods. It's not a God of prophecy. It's not a God of miracles. It's not a God of healings. They're not all separate gods. It's one God, one Lord, one spirit, but the spirit distributes these multitude of gifts as they have need upon those whom he can use, you know? And so he, you've got the gifts flowing, but you're kind of ignorant and you're not, you're not using them properly. You know what I mean? Or you're not recognizing them properly, basically, and, and understanding um, them. And so it's, it's important because I don't, I mean, I've seen, this is, you know, one of the things I think, People should be very careful and understand that the gifts of the Spirit are holy. He's Holy Spirit. They're not common. And they shouldn't be treated as common and ordinary. People shouldn't just step out in the flesh, in their emotions, in their soul, and start saying something, thus saith the Lord, when it ain't the Lord. You know? But because people don't understand, we're talking about a supernatural energy, you know, um, endowed upon us by God, the Holy Spirit, 
people just treat them as common and we, and we just disregard and don't understand. And, and I think that's a dangerous place to be. You know, I think people should really regard them as holy because they are holy. These charisma or gifts of the Spirit are weapons of our warfare. We read that last passage in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So the gifts are weapons of our warfare. They're like our artillery, right? Like we've got different weapons to be able to pull out that we need and use to enforce on this earth what Jesus accomplished on the cross. The Bible tells us, and uh, I believe it's in the first epistle of John, as Jesus is, so are we upon this earth. It also tells us, you know, that the Son of God was revealed or manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And that's what he did. But on this earth, still the devil's roaming around, right? And so since we're Christ's body on this earth, it's our responsibility to operate in the supernatural energy and power of the Spirit of God to enforce on this earth what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Amen? That's powerful. When you think he actually uses us, (laughs) To enforce. We're like it, the enforcers on the earth, right? Because Jesus himself is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The only part of him that's here on the earth is his church. We're his body. And so it's our responsibility to use these weapons of our warfare, these, these charisma, the gifts of the Spirit, as, as our supernatural um, artillery and weapons to enforce what Jesus has accomplished. They're dynamic you know, they're powerful, like dynamite, right? You know, they're dynamic, they're dangerous, and they're war-like gifts. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you actually study in the Word of God, when you see them operating in Jesus' life, and then you see them operating in the book of Acts through the various disciples, and you see them operating today, um, you will see them operate and function in the Word of God and today as dynamic, dangerous, and warlike gifts. They have the ability to cut the enemy off at the knees. Amen? And so it, that's important to, to understand. These are powerful, warlike gifts, spiritual weapons that we need to know how to handle and how to handle well. They're weapons that we use to fight and win our battles. And not just for us, but battles for other people that can't do it. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture I found years ago after the Lord called me into ministry, which He called me into ministry after I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And after I found this Scripture, it's always been a very important one. To me, recognizing that the spirit, these spiritual gifts are weapons that we use to fight and win our battles. In verse 18 of 1 Timothy 1 and verse 19, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic. It says, This charge and admonition I commit and trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with prophetic intimations. What does that say in the... Uh, uh, verse 18, what does that say? According to prophecies? Yeah. Is that what it says? Yeah. Which I formally received concerning you, 
It says, so that inspired and aided by them, by what? Prophecies. You may wage the good warfare. So prophecy specifically talks here. We talk, talk about prophecy as one of the gifts of the Spirit. It says, use them to wage the good warfare. These are weapons. Spiritual gifts are weapons we use to fight and win our battles. So he says, I charge you in accordance with the prophetic intimations or the prophecies which I formerly received concerning you, so that inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare, holding fast to faith and having a good, clear conscience. And so this is the gifts, and in particular, Paul's telling, instructing Timothy here, don't forget the prophetic words that have been spoken over you, over your life, over your ministry, what God's called you to do, who you are, and what you're going to accomplish. Don't forget them. Use them as weapons so that you can hold on to faith and keep a good conscience. You don't get a bad attitude. You know what I mean? When things don't seem to be unfolding as quite as quickly as you think or, you know, whatever. We've got to use these. So when we understand that, that not just the gift of prophecy, but really every gift of the Spirit is a weapon of our warfare that we use to fight and win every battle of faith that we have on this earth because you understand that that's what we're fighting we're not, we don't have to fight the devil. We're fighting the good fight of faith. And so in order to win that fight, we have to use the gifts of the Spirit. Because again, the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. And they're not devilish, <laughs> right? Um, they're not natural. They're not soulish. They're not mental. They're mighty. And they're spiritual. <clears throat> We must never underestimate the strength, the power, and the usefulness of the gifts of the Spirit. And I think when we get a hold of this, we're more likely to operate in, in them when we understand how strong, how powerful, and how useful the gifts of the Spirit are to, for us as well as for others. And like I said earlier, we must never treat them as common or unholy. They need to be in operation in our own personal lives. They need to be in operation in a local church. And they need to be in operation in the highways and the byways. That's, you know, one of the key things that will help people as we share with them the good news of Jesus Christ is operating in those supernatural gifts, that supernatural power, the supernatural energy of God. You know, I can tell you over the years how many times I've been in a situation or circumstance. I'm talking to somebody and I'll speak to them and it happens to be a word of knowledge. And they're like, their eyes practically bug out of their head. I don't, I didn't know it was a word of knowledge until their eyes bug out their head and they go, how'd you know that? And I'm, how'd I know what? You know what I'm saying? That it will minister them the power of God. So that then when you're giving them counsel and instruction from the word of God, they're more likely to listen and receive what you're saying. And if they don't yet believe in Jesus, more likely to accept him because they actually saw his power. You know, and it's important when you look at the New Testament church and Acts, that is why they were able to turn the world upside down in, the, in accordance to you know, what the Gentiles thought, you know, what the, what the, the heathen thought, you know, they, 
They're like, these men that have turned the world upside down, and now they've come here to, to turn our world upside down. Why do they say that? Because they weren't just preaching some, some good news. They were preaching good news that had a demonstration of a power attached to it. And people's lives were being transformed, right? Demon, demoniacs, people demon-possessed were being set free and in their right mind. People that had been infirmed, some kind of physical health um, infirmity for years were being uh, released and relieved of that and now walking and leaping and praising God, right? Instead of being paralyzed and having to beg for everything they had. You know, people that were bound by depression and every force of, of oppression on the, on the mind and the mental, their mental capacity were released by a touch from God and the preaching of the word brought forth that demonstration. It, it's, it's what changed the world, right? It, that's how Jesus changed the world. And that's what we're supposed to do too. <clears throat> so they need to be in operation in our personal lives, in the local church, and in the highways and the byways. Because these are gifts, and I think that's important. These are gifts that are given to equip us, equip you and equip me for God's service. Again, go back to Acts 1.8, one of our foundational scriptures. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my witnesses. The whole point to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost is to receive power to be witnesses. And so when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the avenues, the power that is necessary um, to be able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And these gifts equip us for the service of God. And so I, that's where I think many times people don't think they're important. They don't think the baptism of the Holy Ghost is important. And they need to learn to read. <laughs> right? Because the reality is that when you, you can meet certain situations um, in your life, that you need to know things that cannot be perceived by your natural senses. Right? You need a spiritual supernatural power. Like you can get yourself into circumstances and situations. There have been times when Rodney and I, I'll, I'll just scare the living crap out of Rodney when we go out on the streets and minister a uh, lots of times. Because I'll go in the areas of the mental hospitals and, and, and where the homeless hang out, you know, and then many times the homeless are drug addicts. They don't frighten me. Because I know what's behind them. That is a person trapped and in chains and bondage straight from the pits of hell. And I got the power to release him. Boy, it sets Rodney. I mean, his like antennas are gone like beep, 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 beep. There goes Amanda. She's got her eyes on somebody, but he's just like on my tail. And that man don't move fast for much anything, but he moves fast when we're, <laughs> when we're on the street because he never knows what Amanda's going to do. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because it's just like it's 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 like that person. You can just see it all over them, and you got what it's going to take to set them free um, from that. You know, and so it it's like you can. But if you don't have that power, <laughs> you end up being like the seven sons of Sceva. They'll strip you naked and beat the living tar out of you. You run away naked, right? Because you don't have that power. So. You know, to truly be the kind of people that God wants us to be in this world that we're living in, you know, 
You, you see it all the time. I mean, you've even seen it in the United States where ministers have gone into certain cities even in the last couple of years, even just a few months ago, and were preaching the gospel and people shot them and people beat them up and all this kind of, you better have the power of the Holy Ghost because you're going to meet certain situations that there's no way your natural senses can perceive what's going on. And you need to be able to hear from the Holy Ghost where, because it's not only having the power to go in, but it's also the discernment of spirits. And when God says, you need to get out of here and you need to get out of here now. Not because God ain't able to take care of anything, but because this ain't the day, this ain't the hour, this ain't the time. Get out of here, right? And so you can't perceive that by natural senses. You've got to perceive that by the Holy Ghost. You've got to, to know what's going on. You know, and there's, you can get into circumstances and situations in this life where your natural senses aren't going to do you one ounce of good. You need to be able to have available to you a supernatural power to help you. And if you desire the gifts of the Spirit to function in your life, then you must be a person of action. And so... I think that was one of the things because I had later on, several years later, I couldn't understand because from the moment that I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I had a desire to operate in the gifts of the Spirit because I read it in the Word. And I could never, years ago, I couldn't figure out how come these other people that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost longer than me, have no desire and can't seem to grasp the seriousness and, and, this, and the holiness and the importance of these, of these things, of, of these gifts and, and using them, um, you know, for God's service. And a lot of it is because of this reason right here. If you want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then you're going to have to be a person of action. Because God doesn't release, the power is there, but it's dormant power in anybody that just wants to sit around. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you just want to sit around and click through your mode all day, <laughs> or scroll through Facebook all day, or talk on the phone all day, you don't need no power for nothing, right? It's not that it's not there, it's dormant, it's useless in you, so God's not going to release it. But if you want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in you, then you've got to be a person of action. And I believe that that's probably one of the most, the number one of the most important reasons why from the moment I was baptized in the Holy Ghost that God began to use me in the gifts of the Spirit is because He could see I was a person of action. And He didn't care if I faltered and failed a little bit and didn't quite do it exactly maybe as I should, but like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Anybody that, that God uses powerfully in the working of miracles and gifts of healing, they'll tell you how much better they are at it 20 years down the road than they were were when they first started, right? Because you're better equipped. You've cultivated it. You've been in a lot of experiences and you learn what to do and what not to do. And your ear, your ear is more tuned to the spirit. So you flow better. And that's what we're, you know, we're talking about here in all this is to know and to flow, learning, not just to know the Holy Spirit, but to be able to flow with him. And it's just, 
it's progress. It's, it's making progress, but we have to be people of action. If we're not going to do anything with it, then God isn't going to use us to operate in it. That's just the reality. And that's something that I learned a, a, a lot of years ago. And it was hard for me because I couldn't figure it out because the thing is, is that what you'll find in the body of Christ is that the, the peanut gallery sitting in the pews that never operate in the gifts of the Spirit seem to want to judge those that do operate in the gifts of the Spirit when they could get up off their lazy butts and begin to operate in themselves, but they're not people of action. So they would rather sit there and, and you know, shoot spit wads and throw peanuts at people and tomatoes because they think they're not doing it right. How would you know? You never do it, <laughs> you know? And so, but that's just life. That's how it is, you know? And so... But if you want to be a person of action, then I know not only by the word of God, because the, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Again, the power of the Holy Ghost that comes upon us when we're baptized with the Holy Ghost is not a common thing. <laughs> and we, but many people use it as common. They treat it as common. It's not common. It's very holy. It's very powerful very dynamic and can be very, very dangerous, right? And warlike can be dangerous against the enemy. And so um, it's not something to toy around with. But he says to whom much is given, so you've been given this power of the Holy Ghost, that's important, much is expected. So if you're not going to do anything with it, then God isn't going to operate through the gifts of the Spirit through you because you ain't going to do nothing with it. You're not, you don't, you don't want to help people, you know. Um, you'd rather sit in a peanut gallery and judge everybody else that is doing something, right? And so, but that's the reality of it. If we desire the gifts of the Spirit to function in our life, then we have to be people of action and, and be willing to n not do it right, <laughs> you know. Thankfully, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and, and um, then went to, started going to a different church, a Holy Ghost church. Our, my pastors were very, they're, they're very much spirit people. So they allowed me to learn. You know what I mean? And never, I mean, I can't, to be honest, I can't even ever remember a time that I did miss it. But that don't mean that I didn't. I did, it was just too long ago and I didn't dwell on it, right? They never, they never corrected it. They allowed me to operate because they could sense the Holy Ghost on it, right? And so I'm thankful for that because it allowed me to operate in a small body so I didn't have to get exposed to a lot of people and look like a fool because I didn't know what I was doing, right? You know, and so it was really good. And so... You know, I think it's important. I'm the type of person because of how, how I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and then grew up in the things of the Spirit. I think it's important for people to learn how to, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And I like to be able to cultivate that in people. It just sadly, I find many times in today's world, many people are just okay with being a spectator, you know, and, and not... You know, not, 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 they don't want to be on the floor <laughs> in the game. They would rather be a spectator instead of in the game. But um, it's important.
And I think if any time, I mean, it's always been important, but if any time's important to know how to, to know about the, 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 the gifts, to understand them and to operate in them wisely as the Lord leads, now, <laughs> now is the time. Amen.